0: Show eight bits.
1: It's a different show. (laughs) I'm not Brandon at all.
0: (laughs) Hi, everyone. Chloe Condon. We are back for another weekly episode of Eight Bits, the show where we talk to really the really interesting people behind the tech. And you may notice if if this is your first time, welcome. But if you're a a repeat guest or a returning viewer, you may notice that Brandon's looking, my usual co-host, Brandon Minnick, is looking a little different today. (laughs) Hi. He's a little
1: more Puerto Rican today. Uh (laughs) Hi! I'm here instead of Brandon uh, because I've taken over and I'm trying to live his life now. <laughs> and uh, in, to that effect, I'm very sorry for all the bad Xamarin code I'm going to write.
0: Yeah, yeah. We need to brush up your Xamarin a little bit. But um, i you before, PJ, you've co-hosted the show, gosh, three or four times. You've stepped in for uh, me and I've been out. You're kind of our understudy at this
1: point. I'm, I'm the uh, something's happened and we need someone to fill in one of three spots. And yes. uh, y'all call me because... Because this is uh, just about when school gets out for me. Because I'm a teacher. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll hop on. Um, But I'm not technically in tech yet. uh, But I am working to get into tech. And so I am... I'm just like a little little newborn baby. Just looking around at all this great stuff. People are like, Kubernetes and containers and... This is a whale, and it's a logo for like three different companies, but it's exciting stuff all around me. So I'm happy to be a part of this show anytime I can, any way I can.
0: Yes, and particularly excited for this episode, and what a great episode uh, for you to be co-hosting on, because we're going to be talking a bunch about the job search, uh, we're going to be talking about HR, we're going to be talking about restaurants, tune in, that's that's what we call a little, like, exclusive <laughs> We're going to get That's to that a in a minute. Uh, <laughs> but before we bring our wonderful guest on today, and let's talk a little bit about what's been going on this week. Uh, we, we've got some people in the chat. What's 8-Bits? Great question. If you're just joining us. Uh, 8-Bits is a show where we talk to really interesting people behind the tech. Um, if you joined us last week, we had um, Taylor, who is a Broadway actor uh, who was on Broadway for seven years, who now works over at Twitch um, in their different various capacities as um, sports community or esports community, I should say. Um, we have a bunch of people on the show, like Microsoft employees, uh, people who are just doing really interesting stuff in tech and learning about their path here. We've had, gosh, who have we had on the show, PJ? Let's break it down. Oh, my a couple gosh guests
1: i've Um, been a guest we had taylor last week uh we have had you have had oh who did you have it was uh he also writes in xamarin uh he was from the dominican republic
0: oh louis yes
1: louis and uh
0: We've had Cameron, who started out no previous um, tech experience, has been at Microsoft 20, gosh, 20 plus, 22 years, and uh, has worked his way into tech. So we like to interview a lot of people who have found really interesting paths into this industry. So everyone who, all different shapes, sizes, walks of life, and uh, yeah, today is no exception. I'm really excited Real I'm quick. very
1: excited. This is this is very weird for me, though, too, because uh, uh, normally when I see you on my screen and I see me on the screen next to you, I'm getting ready to uh, talk about uh, something we created together, uh, Shania Bot, the yes. the Twitter bot that loves Shania Twain.
0: What and... an amazing segue <laughs> to what I wanted to go to next. Tell
1: the Chloe, love Chloe, I, I just read what you wrote for me in the notes. You said read this <laughs> sentence exactly, so I don't know. Um shania Bot is a collaboration between Chloe and myself. Uh like I said I'm right now I'm a high school teacher. Um I'm learning to code in a couple different languages trying to find what works best for me. And uh Chloe uh met me through Brandon, the normal host of the show. And Chloe suggested, listen, you got to start making projects. You can't just do uh academy and all this other stuff. So you got to pick a project. And I saw on the internet someone who said, hey, if, uh, if I were Shania Twain every day at, in the morning, I would tweet, let's go, girls. And I said, Chloe, is this something that, like, we can make? And she was like, oh, my God, yeah. And so she, like, canceled all her plans for that Saturday, told me to get on a call, and was like, we're making a Twitter bot. And I had no idea what was going on, but I was along for the ride. And... We've gotten this Twitter bot every day. She says, let's go, girls. Later on, she says, okay, so you're Brad Pitt. That's a new feature.
0: Brand new feature as of last Friday. Um, But yeah, this started as a really basic, basic Azure Logic app bot, which if you are interested in learning how to build something really simple like this, we have a link at the bottom, aka.ms slash Shania rules with Mm -hmm. a Z. But essentially what this is, is a bot that is on a timer. Um, We basically (laughs) used a really simple UI um, in the Logic app Uh, UI Builder, um, that we said, okay, we logged into the Shania Twitter account, and we said every morning at 9 a.m. PST, noon EST, tweet, let's go, girls. That's all we wanted. That's Um, it. (laughs) And from there, uh, we've been adding all these really fun features. Like, we, gosh, what did we do last week? Um, We used... Oh,
1: man, last week was a big one for ShaniaBot, actually. yes. We've slowly been adding uh, that she'll reply to you if you ask if she's impressed or use the word impress, impressive, impressing. Uh, If you use that with her and tag her in it, um, when she's running, when the code's running, she'll reply back that don't impress me much. And we've added some emojis to that now. It's a random uh, selection from an array we created that imitates one of the lines in the song that precedes that don't impress me much from the great hit song... That don't impress me much. (laughs) Ah,
0: Yeah, and we also uh, have played around a little bit with adding different delays and features too. So this all started as an Azure Logic app, which the link below will tell you how to do an Azure Logic app. But now in VS Code, we're just building on top of that functionality. So um, it's been super fun to just learn, okay, so maybe what happens if we want to randomize an emoji? Like, how do we trigger that off an Azure function? So if you're interested in learning about that, uh, definitely follow ShaniaBot. Coming soon, I'm thinking, because to give people an idea of what uh, Azure Logic apps are, aka.ms slash ShaniaRules with a Z. Oh, yeah.
1: With Um, a Z.
0: They're a really. If
1: thinking, <laughs> Hold on, oh, dang, you right. did a comma. There
0: we go. I did a comma, y'all. Um, AKA Ms. Slash Shania rules. I oh my god, I did a comma again. Um, but it's a really really simple. <laughs> I promise I a second it. What's happening? I'm on a new keyboard. I'm sorry. I haven't broken. <laughs> That's in all caps. <laughs> the
1: beauty is of life. Of... There we go. Introduction to Azure Logic Apps.
0: So, Logic Apps are really a really, really simple way to just automate and build things in a very, very uh, easy, concise way. So, other things that you can do with this, for example, would be monitoring a hashtag and then having a Slack bot, you know, tell you, hey, someone's used this hashtag. So, I mm-hmm. think, PJ, we'll see. But I'm thinking a new feature that we've discussed doing this week, if you all tune in on Thursday, is going to be us using Azure Logic Apps to track when you and I, uh, using the Twitter API, tweet a specific hashtag. So, like, hashtag let's go girls, let's say. And then our Shania Twitter bot, and we can build this all in Azure Logic Apps. Yep. Our Shania Twitter bot will say, hey, PG and Chloe are live. That's yep. what I'm thinking. So I think
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's a great idea. <laughs> and Logic Apps is really cool because it's 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 no code. Uh, yeah. You don't have to know how to write a single line of code to use Logic it's Apps. An, it's an easy... Uh, user interface, and hey, Microsoft, pay me some money because I'm trying to get a job <laughs> in tech.
0: Yeah, and uh, we'll share some links in the show notes of the recording of this, of where you can check out the recording of that, but we're just Sorry. having a lot of fun playing with Logic Apps, y'all.
1: Honestly, that's really, that's really all it is right now. Uh, learning's best when you're enjoying it, so uh, it's very nice of Chloe to like hang out with me on Thursdays on our Twitch channels and watch me learn to code and, and come up with solutions for our code and um it's just uh, it's 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 awesome and it's fun so i'm retaining knowledge which is good for, for my future employer <laughs> it's
0: for the love of shania it's for the love of learning it's uh also i just feel like we're educating people on the shania twain song catalog but that's a whole that's a whole other thing
1: <laughs> we celebrate that whole catalog especially the two singles that we reference in all of our tweets
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have a uh Comment here that says, uh, "Interesting. I built a very simple Twitter bot using Python a while back, but I think the Twitter API changed." Yes, so they recently updated the Twitter API, which has been super fun, <laughs> fun for PJ and I to learn about live on stream. Um, but it's a really the really nice thing about Logic Apps though is we actually I don't even think we needed to make a dev- did we make a developer we we
1: had to make a developer. Uh, account for the Twitter account. like we didn't like log to... in
0: with the API, right?
1: We didn't have to use the API at all. Yeah. We just had to log in with Twitter to Logic Apps. It was pretty – it actually surprised me because I thought we were going to be hacking on code all day long, and in half an hour it was done and working. You were like, all right, let's meet up next time. And I was like, oh, okay, that's it.
0: <laughs> and that's, like, the beauty of it, right, is – if you're an engineer, let's say, working at a small company or a startup, and someone from marketing comes to you and says, hey, we want to be able to track this hashtag. You can build that from scratch easily, okay. but that's going to take time. So logic apps are a really simple way to quickly automate those pretty basic services that you can just, like, do very, very quickly. Um, yeah. But also, it empowers people on your team who maybe don't have the coding knowledge or have kind of a low-code uh, understanding of technology to be able to build it themselves. So yeah. we're all about... Everybody being able to code. Empowering
1: Yeah. And what I what I like about uh, this show especially and like you said earlier, it's about people coming from all different areas into tech and you know, a tech company is not just the people hacking code. There's other roles in the tech company. What are some of those roles? Can we learn about that today somehow? Is that possible? Oh, my
0: gosh. Great question, PJ. Uh, Again, I read
1: it just as you wrote it out, Chloe. You're really good at planning.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you for making it sound like I made notes for this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we have an amazing guest today. But before I even introduce this guest, uh, this... This is an exciting episode because I think, PJ, we finally have someone other than Brandon on the show who has the same, if you've never tuned into the show before, this is a show where we talk to interesting people in technology, uh, behind the tech, in front of the tech, all of that. Tech, not tick, tech. Um, Tech.
1: Ticks is a different show on a different channel where they talk about, you know, blood sucking insects. It's different.
0: And we talk about all kinds of things on this show. People's backgrounds, how they got into this industry, but we always end up. On the topic of theme parks. Now, I know that our guest (laughs) is as passionate about theme parks as we are, so I am. Oh. How are we going
1: to end up talking about theme parks?
0: Oh, it it always happens. We'll find a way. We end every show with it. So that being said, uh, today we have a very special guest. You may recognize the last name of this person's guest. (laughs) This person, (laughs) our guest, Um, because today we have a very special guest. Welcome to the show, Kim Minnick (laughs)
2: Uh, Hi, Kim! (laughs) Longtime listener, first time guest. So So excited to be here, Kim! Tell the (laughs) lovely
0: folks at home who you are, what you do, and uh, we're just so excited to talk to you today. We have so many—we have a whole list of topics to go into, but introduce yourself
2: yeah I'm Kim Kim Minnick Uh, like Chloe said you may recognize my last name uh near and dear to me is the other host of this show Brandon Minnick uh we have different offices, if you can't tell from my background, <laughs> if you've uh, watched this show before. Uh, but yeah, I am a VP of people. I have HR and recruiting under my umbrella at work, uh, currently working at a company called Nava. We're a public benefit corporation uh, trying to make government services more accessible to the people who need them. So non-traditional background in a non-traditional tech company and So excited to talk to you both uh, and just chat more about what it's like getting into tech, coming from those non-traditional backgrounds, and hopefully giving some tips and tricks to help folks looking to make that transition.
0: Absolutely.
1: This is why I'm here for the tips and tricks, actually. (laughs) I'll be taking notes over here. Don't mind me.
0: So when we teased this episode on Twitter, we put, we're going to be talking about Uh, HR. We're going to be talking about recruiting. We're going to be talking about restaurants. I think we need to start at the restaurants because people are probably going, restaurants, what's going on? Um, But tell us a little bit about your non-traditional background, history of getting into tech. What was your path here?
2: Yeah. So my path started out... going to school for hospitality management with a focus in restaurants. So my course load was not at all HR. It was a lot of learn how this wine tastes. And I got to tell you, not too shabby for an <laughs> undergraduate degree. Turns out when you graduate with that, not a lot of options to look at. I so war- started working in restaurants. Uh, I don't know if it's too soon to bring up theme parks, but I did work in yes. some theme parks along the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, tell us. List them out. List out the resume. We gotta help.
2: it was one and only. Uh, circling back, I think I heard PJ mention something about whales. Uh, I did work at SeaWorld for a while. I was. Uh, some of you may remember SeaWorld used to give away free beer and do beer <sighs> classes. Oh my gosh! Uh, that's right. That was me. I was your uh, friendly neighborhood brand ambassador for Budweiser. Uh, And then, you know, kind of hopped around restaurants. I think a lot of people do. uh, Eventually started working at Panera Bread uh, and moved into recruiting for Panera Bread, which was really interesting. So it was like, that was my bridge to get to where uh, I am now. And then really fell in love with HR, recruiting. I think I'm one of the few few people in the world who really loves HR. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, and and here I am today. Uh, Went back to school to to get a degree in uh, human resources. Was really fortunate when I moved out to San Francisco to fall into the tech startup scene and just be introduced to a totally different world. Um, And thrilled I did it. I
0: feel like there must be, I'm seeing a connection here because a lot of people who come from non-traditional backgrounds, I've heard the term, I think my friend Meg uses the wiggle noodle path into a career. Like some people know what they want to do and some, oh. some of them know an interesting path.
1: So, I was thinking of that little, like the little like worm that you can pull on a stringer on your hand. And I was amazing. like, all right, if that like gets it's me it's no a no job.
2: Very it's a to a button. Just <laughs> not to ruin the magic for everyone, oh. but I always really wanted one of those, but I never wore shirts with
1: buttons. Man. But right. it sounds
0: like H or HR that industry is a lot of people operations, right? And mm-hmm. was that your intention with a hospitality degree? Like where what were you setting your sights on originally when you decided to get that degree?
2: That is such a good question. I went to college because people told me I had to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I I have some imposter syndrome going on in the show. I I didn't know math. I wasn't a great student. Um, I was working in restaurants at 15 and found a school that I knew I wanted to go to, UCF, go Knights. Uh, And they had a hospitality management degree. And I was like, okay, well, I, I originally went to college for theater and I auditioned to be in the master of fine arts programs and got a real swift rejection <laughs> so I Decided to take a different path and it stuck with something that I knew um I just didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up but I knew that I had to go to college so I don't know what I was looking for when I went to college.
0: This is actually a really interesting topic that came up on our last stream um, with Taylor, who uh, also had a, a wiggle noodle path. I guess we'll just coin that now as a... As a- that's, that's, trademark. that's
1: trademarked now for sure. <laughs>
0: And, you know, when I think it's a really interesting thing that we expect uh, children. I mean, I was under 18 when I was making decisions about what to do in college to, to decide what to do for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really interesting comment to make Kim because often um, you know I work on the academic team here at Microsoft with a lot of students who are in university for computer science and they know what they want but a lot of folks PJ and I are good examples and sounds like Kim you as well uh, find tech a lot later in their career so I love how you've uh, used that part of what you enjoy and what you loved and moved it into this new industry that's so cool
2: And I think anyone has the opportunity to do that. I I think that I learned is the average person does about eight major career changes in their life. Um, So if you went to college for something different than tech, or you want to get into software engineering, there are so many paths to get here. Um, Also, why I've just really loved this show, because talking about that more, I think, opens up the doorway for more folks. And Even in my role now, we have these conversations at our executive team about how do we attract people from non-traditional backgrounds, and there's so many people out there.
0: I love this comment. Yep, same. Go to college. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I was
1: uh, was 17. They were like, you're going to have to take out a lot of loans. I was like, and you're okay with giving me $50,000 as a loan? They're like, yeah, yeah, let's just go. And I was like, all right, and... Then I almost failed out, and then I switched my major three times, and then I finally picked teaching, and like, it fit me then, but I didn't know it was going to fit me then, and now I'm looking at tech, and I'm like, that's going to fit me too. It's, it's that's like crazy. you said, eight career changes. Like, that's, it's normal now to move from one place to another.
2: Yeah, and yeah. it brings a perspective and a value that, uh, you know, it's good to have different perspectives in the room always, and I think having that different background, yes. yeah.
0: So you deal, I imagine, with a lot of folks who are interviewing, probably reaching out to you, Kim, wanting to know, you know, how can I get a job at your company or how can I get a job in tech in general? Um, I definitely want to touch on both ends of the spectrum on this on this particular episode. So if you're tuning in and you're interviewing people or if you're interviewing now, this is going to be pretty relevant. So stay Mm -hmm. tuned. That's Um, right. But Kim, tell us, let's start with folks who are maybe interviewing because I imagine you get you deal with a lot of inbound as far as recruiting is concerned. Tell us a little bit, maybe some tips and tricks for folks like PJ, folks who are even more experienced and more senior interviewing. What are some good ways to get, <laughs> I was getting out the notes.
1: I'm so ready.
0: <laughs> How can you, as an interviewee, Um, prepare? What should you be thinking about when you are interviewing?
2: Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. I think there's so much to do. And a lot of people have probably heard this advice before. Maybe I can put a new spin on it, but do your research, learn about the company and don't just learn about the company so you can go and impress them with your knowledge. Look at it from a viewpoint of, is this a place that I want to work? Is this a place where what they're doing, the way they work, how they align their business, a place where I want to spend 40 hours a week where, you know, I'm looking out a window right now. It's a beautiful day. Like, is that, you know, is my time worth this place? I think it's really important to think about interviewing as a two way street. So, you know, learn about the job, read the job description, see how your background relates to that job description Pro tip: It doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like it's a job description, and you're, <laughs> they're different. Um, but learn that, and reach out to people in the company. Reach out to recruiters with a really thoughtful LinkedIn message. That'll help get your foot in the door. And then when you're in that interview and you're on that on-site, show the knowledge that you know about the company. Talk about maybe an article or a social media post that they did. Talk about an initiative that they were uh, getting some press or some attention for, talk about something on their website that resonated with you. It starts to show that you're already invested in this company and people like to talk about themselves. Representatives yeah. of the company like to talk about the company. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. What is your advice for folks who, especially during these pandemic times where we're kind of restricted, it's a little bit harder, right, to ask mm-hmm. someone out to coffee to, to maybe uh, grab some time with them? What's a good thing to send someone? I know personally, I get a lot of inbound that just says, hey, <laughs> I prefer... Yeah, no, that's
1: that's what you're supposed to do. You just say, hey, and you let them make the first move.
0: <laughs> but how Power should... Power play. How should folks be... You know, I, I get a lot of messages that say, can I pick your brain? And, and that can be very vague. How specific should people be when they're reaching out to folks about uh, getting their foot in the door?
2: Yeah, I mean... Personalize the message first off. So, if you pop over to my LinkedIn, I've got myself in my picture and I've got my sidekick, otherwise known as my dog Kirby. Um, And a lot of times when people just send me a reach out and mention my dog, I'm like, cool, you took an extra three seconds to look at my profile. You actually care about speaking with me and and making it a conversation versus getting something that you want as a, my role doesn't leave a lot of time for uh, leisure throughout the workday. I just have a really busy schedule. So I want to make sure that when I'm investing time into into responding to somebody, that they've invested time reaching out to me. So instead of saying the, hey, I'm interested in what Nav is doing, can you tell me more, is very different than hey, I saw Nava speak about healthcare.gov and I saw Nava talk about how they're trying to make uh, government programs more accessible to the people who need them. Here's why that's interesting to me. I looked at your careers page. I applied for this job. Would you be willing to talk more about it? Like, okay, so I already know you're in my application system. Amazing. So I can go look at your resume. Um, I know that you've spent a moment looking up my company and learning about what we do. And it resonated with you. And you gave my dog a shout out. Like what a way to get to my heart is talk about my dog.
0: You heard it here. Compliment recruiters, dogs. That is the Even list. if
1: there's not a dog in the picture, just be like, I think you have a gorgeous dog there. Yeah, and they're like, totally. what do you? I have a turtle. It's
2: like- I, I How do you feel about really dogs? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what it is. Hey, do you have a dog? Yeah. <laughs> I want to apply to your company.
0: I feel like there's a lot to be said for having been in the recruiter shoes before I was a recruiter in a previous life, getting the experience on the other side of the table, so to speak. It's almost like an American Idol where you've got Simon, you know, everyone's on the other side of the table. They want you to be good. Like these people want you to succeed. They oh want God. the most wow. talented person To come into the door and just sing the song for them and be the next American Idol. So I think it's important to not only keep that in mind when you're interviewing, but also hype yourself up in the same way you are your best marketer, so to speak.
2: If you are not your number one fan, why should I be? Like, be your number one fan. Mm. Always give yourself the
1: edge. That's Um, a really good way to put it. I like that. It sounds like a lot of... Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was going to say, this is where we're at just temporarily and maybe long-term as more companies are moving remotely and dispersed across the globe. This is where networking is kind of iterating to. You have your social media, whether it be, you know, Twitter or these podcasts and streams, but also, you know, LinkedIn is still a professional platform and it's a good place to connect with recruiters who are on LinkedIn all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And...
0: As far as so, we talked a little bit about how to get uh, your foot in the door and recognized, and just really creak the door open to to get a wave in and say hello as a candidate. (laughs) You mentioned I just love the image, (laughs) just like please let me in. It's
1: like someone's like like air like opening the window like oh, I I wanted a job, please,
0: please sir, could I have a job? But how about the other side of the table? You mentioned that you have a lot of folks talking to you, Kim, who are saying, where do I find these non-traditional background unicorn candidates? How can people help make sure that they're bringing that diverse talent into their doors?
2: Yeah, you know, this is something that we take a lot of pride in at Nava. And it's something that, you know, I would be nothing without my recruiting team. So shout out to my recruiters. Look them up on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, Cole and Lauren Bermudez, they're great. But really, oh, my God, I distracted myself. Can it- <laughs>
0: No, it's fine. We're talking about the the other side of the table as far as how can you make sure you're attracting the right talent. Actually, a tweet that I saw the other day, um, I think recently there was an all-male panel at a tech
1: oh, yeah
0: And um, there was a really astute comment from, I believe it was Ian Coldwater that said, if you are seeing an all-male panel... Do something about it. You know, you don't just give up and throw up your hands and say, you really have to reflect. I'm totally butchering this tweet, but definitely (laughs) Ian puts it much more succinct and then 140 characters. But Mm -hmm. essentially, it was educating folks and saying, hey, you, you have to, it's not a, if you build it, they will come situation, you know, you need to reflect on, okay, why aren't we getting these kind of candidates through the door? Where do we, what communities do we need to be engaging with? So what's your advice for people who are hiring to make sure that they are getting a good, you know, not just one cookie cutter set of people in their pipeline?
2: Yeah, it's, there's so much amazing talent out there and there's so many things to do. So Uh, first off, I think there's some good hygiene that you can always do uh, with your recruiting team at your company. Uh, For those in the know, if you know, you know, check out your funnel metrics. See if you can look at where perhaps different representations fall out of your pipeline. Um, Is your mission and values interview not resonating with Uh, people of different backgrounds, whether that be BIPOC candidates, whether that be people from different socioeconomic uh, backgrounds. So first do your due diligence in your home, make sure that your recruiting process is inclusive, that you're investing and belonging throughout the funnel and that you're, you're really giving equal opportunities to candidates throughout the pipeline and that any of your interviews aren't um, skewing one way or the other. And then connect with groups. There are so many phenomenal organizations out there. Um, Just off the top of my head, some really well-known ones, uh, Black Girls Who Code, Lesbians Who Tech. These are, there's so, so many. I have like data sheets and Excel spreadsheets of different groups (laughs) Uh, that we reach out to, and we work with a company formerly known as Local Job Network to help connect with those um, those communities. And don't just do it for recruiting; like it's so self-serving. Yes. Yes. Diverse
0: perspective in the room is so so important. And yeah, it's not just about hitting a metric. It's not just about you know. PJ and I, as folks from non-traditional backgrounds and being a woman in tech and a Puerto Rican in tech, we can say, you know, it is important to have these voices in the room. I think especially, um, you know, we see this in everyday situations, naming of things. (laughs) I love to give the fleets example. You know, if one (laughs) LGBTQ person had been in the room, we could have avoided this. Um, Everything from thinking about if we only have one type of person in the room building technology, solving those problems, how do we solve problems for people in the arts, people Mm -hmm. in low-income demographics? So I'm... I'm all about opening that door. And PJ, I what? you, of course, are beginning your journey of applying for yeah. jobs. But um, something really resonated for me, Kim, when you mentioned making sure that your uh, inbound hiring practices aren't filtering out these candidates. The example that I love to give
1: is, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've told this many times on this show and other shows, um, I tried to refer a candidate to a previous company I worked at, and they couldn't apply for a role at my company with a theater degree, which I have. So I discovered I couldn't apply for a job at my own company because the drop-down menu for what is your degree uh, for, for roles on the website was all technical degrees. So there's Mm -hmm. all these different things as a non-traditional background candidate. um, I've noticed as they're gatekeeping, but I don't think they're intentional gatekeeping. We as people who are technical think of things in in a very technical sense, but I wasn't able to apply to certain internships because, you know, I obviously didn't have a GPA coming out of a college, but accounting for boot camp and self-taught people. Um, I I love to see a lot of apprenticeships popping up just for this reason, but even things down to think about who's able to apply for my job. And Mm -hmm. if there are barriers to entry, if you notice and people are giving you feedback of, hey, I tried to apply for this and recruiting software filtered me out, listen to that feedback. (laughs) 100%
2: listen to that feedback and that application stage. That's the biggest part of your funnel, right? Everyone applies and they move through and then you make a hire. So make this part as easy as possible. And I know I work for a small company. I'm sure Microsoft gets a couple more applications than we do, but truly that should be one of the easiest parts of the interview process is just finding and applying to the role. Yeah. And then, you know, look at things from there. We found, you know, at, at a couple of companies now, i found that often we have a themed interview of mission and values. And it's really important that we're not um, expecting answers that maybe aren't accessible to everyone. So that's always a really good, we used to talk a lot about fit. And then we realized fit was, not really what we were looking for. It wasn't giving us different perspectives. It wasn't giving us people from different backgrounds. So yeah, do your due diligence in-house, invest in communities, make your application process easy and learn, listen to your candidates.
1: So, that listening today... to candidates is super, super, super important. Um, I, it, A lot of what you just said makes me think about the way I write tests for my students. And one thing I always value is I use a, um, a, a tool called zip grade that the kids can take the whole test online. And at the end, it gives me data. How many kids answered this? How many percentage got it wrong? And the first thing I do after everyone's done is I look at the lowest percentage, correct question. And I immediately go and check it and think about how did I teach the process to get to this answer for them? And was it a fair process? And did I do some like trickery? Like what, what am I expecting them to show that they've learned by answering this question correctly did I give them the tools necessary to get to that? And if I didn't, I set them up for failure and I have to reconsider that whole question. That's super important.
0: Which yeah. is how we should think about documentation, which is how we should think about user experience. I mean, it's all its all the same stuff, you know? Mm. Hire PJ. Hey. You want to a recruiter? Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, PJ, I have a question for you, which I think yeah. is a really good question question segue to Kim as well is you're new to this industry. I'm sure there's a lot of terminology, different things that are completely vocabulary words, acronyms that are very new to you. Have you found entering this space that that's kind of inaccessible? And then Kim follow-up question for you would be, how can we stop that? Cause I'm going to assume the answer is yes from your last
1: I'm always lost. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always lost because it seems to be that when you're on tech Twitter, there's an expectation that you know it all and that you – if you can do uh, view.js for building your website and if you can do this particular framework, which even here I'm using jargon. If you can use this particular version of JavaScript in your coding, then you got to know everything else. And I thought once I was learning to code, I thought, well, I've got this language. I'm reading a bunch of tweets. I'm learning And I thought I knew what was going on and then I tuned into a Twitch channel where it was a, um, I think it was uh, a bunch of developers playing like a quiz game together. It's one that you were on, Chloe. Um, Oh yeah, Uh, DevOps Party
0: Games, probably. DevOps
1: Party Games. And I was like, oh, this will be funny because it's like a mix of like programmer humor on Reddit with like actual developers. I was like, all right, let's watch this. And I didn't understand any of the jokes enough to like vote. And I was just lost. They were like, what's what's the best thing about Kubernetes? And I was like, is that like a, like a soda that I don't know yet? And <laughs> that's that's me just looking and going, oh, well, I have to learn that. Okay, I have to figure out what that means. Yep, I, sh- I got to learn what that means. And it just becomes a running list of things that like I have to pretend like I know what I'm doing with. And just like Dreamcast lovers, yeah, fake it till you become it, yeah. fake it till you make it. Act confident if you if you're wearing a suit and carrying a clipboard, you can get in pretty much anywhere.
0: But also, I will say a positive mindset slash switch that I made in my life, especially at Microsoft, y'all. We have so many acronyms; it's kind of a joke here. Like everything is an acronym, and some acronyms are the same. So I've been inspired by some coworkers like April and some other folks that I work with to ask what these things mean sometimes you know i think we can be kind of afraid of you know especially when we're first starting out to be like yo what's a kubernetes i've never What is it a net like i don't the candy what's the what's the net carbs on that but um <laughs> i think as soon as i became confident enough to be like even as a worker at Microsoft, to be, okay, MSA, do you mean this kind of MSA or this MSA? There's so many, even as someone who's senior and experienced, I still find myself, even in interviews and podcast things and everything that I do going, huh? <laughs> so uh kim ooh, we have someone here that says uh where do i get some kubernetes soda oh, great question I, I it's over in the
1: it's in the <laughs> docker machine i don't um, know does that work I'm is that good. funny
0: i'm sure it's in well the cloud native kitchen, kitchen. <laughs> so kim good. how can we make sure as people not only interviewing people but just as an industry making sure this is a friendly accessible place for everyone
2: yeah you know we have work to do uh and I think it just becomes, once you become ingrained in a company, you've been there for a year, you're on an interview panel, you forget that people don't know the acronyms that you use internally. So un- unfortunately, this is a time where I might actually, you know, tell candidate, like put it back on the candidate, speak up, be honest, say, hey, I'm not familiar with that acronym. Do you mind just taking a moment back to make sure that I understand fully what you're asking? There I would so much rather somebody say I don't understand this question or hey I'm applying for an apprenticeship program or I'm moved to, I'm making a career change uh, this is what I think you're asking but can I clarify these points first Interviewing is a two-way street it is a conversation um don't I mean yes fake it till you make it it's <laughs> a little bit and there. A, like, bit <laughs> a lot of that fake it till you make it is just being confident in what you already know and clarifying where you still have areas to learn. You'll learn it, but yeah. you just might need a little extra time.
0: Yeah, We're the
1: people. I love you, Taylor. That's Our amazing. previous
0: guest, Taylor, to uh, Broadway actor, faking it till you make it. Uh, I, I agree. I feel like it's to be successful in tech. You really need an equal amount of uh, confidence mm-hmm. Willingness to fall on your face and want to throw your computer across the room a whole bunch. And uh, also just a curiosity and inquisitiveness to ask these questions. Because it can be scary, especially as a junior, PJ.
2: (laughs) Kind curiosity will get you so far. Be curious, be kind about it. Recognize that someone's spending some extra time to teach you. But, like, you both do this for your own, like just for your own fulfillment. People want to teach. They want to tell you what they know. Just ask. Yeah.
1: This is something that Brandon told me too. I was getting ready. I was interviewing for um, a position at Florida Institute of Technology uh, at the end of the summer. And uh, he was like, so this sounds like there might be some like IT work. He was like, do you know what this is? And I was like, "Uh, not really. He's like, if they ask that, that needs to be your answer. And you need to say something about how you don't know what that is. But you are ready to learn what that is, if it's what the job involves. Transparency
0: is key, for sure. Don't don't
1: lie about something and say, oh, I mean, I DNS the HTTP like twice a day, of course. Yeah, like I'm all over that. Because if you pretend like you know something and you're accidentally right, they're going to hand you something and be like, yeah, you're good at this. You know what's going on. And you will be like, oh, no. But if you're honest, it, it allows for you honesty allows you to grow. And that's what's most important in any job. They want to see you get better. They don't want to see you stay the exact same level for the whole time you're with the company. They want to see you improve. And so admitting where you're starting is the best way to start improving.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Growth mindset all the time. Growth yeah. mindset.
0: Growth mindset forever. Growth and- mindset growth mindset forever and ever guys
1: growth mindset i just <laughs> want to say growth mindset offline.
2: yeah yeah, yeah I just keep saying that
0: guys growth um, i mindset. have
1: mindset
0: so we've talked a lot about we've talked, we've talked a lot about getting your foot in the door interviewing what to ask the interviewees and interviewers what That's about right. when you get the offer kim
1: What's oh, I'm good? very interested in this answer too, because right. like, Exciting that's part. next.
0: Because I know uh, PJ is definitely interested in this. And we had someone in the chat here say that they're a boot camp grad and we have some self-taught people in the sh- in the chat as well who are looking to get into this industry. A really big thing that was, was and is still so uncomfortable for me as a artist who's where I made very little uh, salary, if, I wouldn't call it salary, Um, into technology. How do you think about things like offers, salary negotiations? Um, I know personally I was very uncomfortable with negotiating. What is your advice for folks who are either new to this industry or maybe just not had the confidence to uh,
2: negotiate before? Wow, gosh, how much time do we have? (laughs) First off, you do not have to take the first offer that comes your way. I think that's a trap that I've fallen into. It's a trap that other people fall into when you're so excited to start a new journey, whether it's a new career or a new company. Sometimes you run towards that first yes. Uh, Go back to the beginning of your job search. Think about what was important to you in your next role. Think about what this company that offer you provided. Before you even look at that dollar amount, think about, is this a place where I can be my authentic self? Is this a place where I will be valued, where I can grow my skills? Uh, or is this a place that gives me the opportunities I'm looking for? Maybe you just want to do your job really well and go home and call it. Like, Consider that. So you've gotten the offer. First off, celebrate. Recruiting... And an interview process is hard. Like, do not uh, rob yourself of the moment of excitement. I think someone in this chat said, party it up. And yeah, like, party it yes. up. Um, <laughs> but then start thinking about, you know, first off, does this salary match my current needs? Like, that needs to uh, base salary is the largest component of what in HR we call total rewards. Some other components that are good to think about in total rewards. Is there a retirement plan? Do they offer a 401k? Do they offer a match? What does that look like? Another of those things is equity. Do they offer equity or stock options? Um, I am not an equity attorney. I would recommend you, you reach out to people more professional, but equity does have a dollar value. You should understand how that impacts your total compensation. And then think about things like work-life balance. Some companies are very driven for professional development uh, and they will constantly push you to grow. Sometimes that's going to be more than 40 hours a week. Some companies will offer you more of a, a lifestyle where you can take a lower workload but still find that professional growth and development that you're looking for. Consider, th- I know a lot of us are working from home right now, but uh, if and when we do go back to offices, consider, is there uh, food, drinks, coffee? My first job, I put $2 a week in the honesty coffee jar so I could have coffee at the office. Like those are things, even the little things are things to consider. Um, and I, most love, of- oh. I was just going to
0: say, I love the point about thinking of benefits and an offer beyond just the, uh, things that are on paper. Work-life balance is kind of this thing that I think we're just so excited about the interview and the job process and the prospect that sometimes we don't think like, Hey, is this is a startup environment? Is it going to be hustle culture? And am I going to be exhausted all the time versus will this give me what, like what your, what is it? Uh, hierarchy of needs kind of thing. Like, does this satisfy... Maslow's
1: hierarchy of needs. Thank you. I need to know that for education.
2: Technology's hierarchy of needs. And
0: I love the idea of, and this is so hard to explain to newer people in this industry, that the interview is two ways. And I Mm -hmm. love this comment here from someone that says, what about these questions from the interviewer? Like, where do you see yourself in five years? What's the best answer? But I think also... What are good questions for an interviewee to be asking, Kim?
2: Yeah, I think if there's a lot to unpack here. And I want to actually circle back to the salary negotiation part. Um, It's very important. Someone in the chat said, what if those needs are I need more money? I hear you. That is a valid answer. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't say that in your interview, but it is a valid answer. Yeah. Yeah. you know, professional growth, professional expansion, job expansion often comes with salary. And I think it's really important understand how they got that number. Yeah. What are you doing in your salary practices to get that cash compensation number? Are you benchmarking against roles in the market? Are you engaging in internal parity, um, making sure people in the same role are paid equally? Understand where they got that number from. And if their reasoning and logic and the number is right for you, then think about all those other questions. Um, Good. Uh, What questions, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Um, That's truly, if anyone asks you that question, I would say, well, five years ago, I didn't see myself living through a pandemic. So.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's such a good answer. Holy moly. But let's
2: talk about more obtainable growth. I always say like five years is a really long time, particularly in tech. We just move so fast. Five years ago, my iPhone wasn't near what I thought it was going to be. And I didn't invest in a product roadmap with the skills and expertise that Apple has for my personal career. Um, So just be really honest about where you want to grow in your foreseeable future. What is your timeline and and how do you want to grow? What's important to you? If it's a new skill, if it's an accomplishment, maybe you want to Go speak at a conference. Talk about that. Talk about what your growth path is on your timeline and um, throw away the five year mark. That's,
1: I I really think a lot of people think that with the five year question, uh, the best answer is always, Well, I'll be at this company and I'll be working really hard for you. And people think that that's what they're supposed to say to that. Mm -hmm. A lot of these questions always feel like there's a, Well, what what answer? What answer are they looking for? And, As an English teacher, I know what it's like to look out at a sea of faces who are struggling to find the right answer when I asked, what do you think is happening here? <laughs> so I can understand that uh, when someone asks that question, uh, we need to understand as someone who's interviewing, they're they're not waiting for you to say the magic word and they go, check, you said it, and like confetti shoots out. They just throw bags of money at you. That's not how it happens. They're looking to get to know you and they're looking to understand you. And it's become a cliche, but like Kim said, you can take that question and you can work it into something where really you just talk about your personal growth and what you want to accomplish.
2: Sometimes yeah. answer the question you want to answer, not yes. the question that was asked. Oh, You're
1: more in
0: yeah. control than you think.
2: I, I think recognize. It, yeah. Like yeah. pay uh, pay homage to the question that was asked. Yeah. Like, Yeah, I hear you about five years. Actually, I've been on a more, uh, you know, attainable growth timeline. And I'd love to talk to you about what I've been working on and where I think that'll lead me. And that shows a little bit about more about who you are as a human being. um, And it helps connect the interviewer to you as a colleague. Ah. Yeah.
1: I'd I'd like to talk about where I'll be in 30 years. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's an apocalyptic wasteland. The hunt for water Water. is on. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Water world. Um, I love this comment that says it's interesting to think of interviewers as people who are just as nervous about finding the right candidate as you are to be the right candidate. You know, I love this comment because that fundamentally changed how I thought of auditions as an actress once I was on the other side, on the recruiting side, even as a recruiter, going, Oh, I want these people to, I don't want them to fall on their face and do a terrible right. job. I want you to be good. Otherwise, this is a waste of my time. Um, so remember that. Like you have a lot more power than you think you do in the room. As the yeah, candidate.
2: we want you to be successful. We want you to have a great interview process. We want you to be well prepared. Ask your recruiter how to prepare for your on site, they will give you tips and tricks. Yes, yes,. Yeah. yes. and interviewers are nervous. I do interview training at my company, and that's one of uh, that's like a five minute talk where we say, like, hey, you're nervous, the candidate's nervous. It's okay. Like we're just trying to find we're never gonna find that perfect bullseye. It's not gonna happen, but we want to get close, so we just want to get to know people.
1: I'd what? like to point out that's a lie. I am a perfect bullseye. <laughs> perfect. If you hire me, I it'll am. be the best thing you've ever done.
2: So PJ. True.
0: Do you know what questions you're going to ask your interviewer?
1: Oh, my. Well, so when I get an interview, um, the most important thing for me is going to be having a path towards growth. Um, Right now, I'm applying towards junior developers, uh, junior DevRel, um, which is a developer relations, essentially someone who helps developers use a product for a company. And also, um, I found out recently that technical writing can be something that I might do Being someone who likes to write and likes to know a lot about language and how it affects people, technical writer could be very, very useful. But I don't want to be in a position where the only place I can go is within that position. I want my growth to be uh, very, very uh, exponential. I want to be able to go in a lot of different places. So I don't want to end up in a technical writer role where there's no chance for me to ever move out of that and I'm just stuck writing. So for me, I would ask questions about the role. If I was interviewing for a technical writer role, I would be asking questions like, how closely do I get to work with the engineering team? How closely do I work with, is this something I report to marketing or is this something where I report to um, the developer advocate lead at this company? And what's important to me is knowing that I'm not going to be in this desk forever and I know I'm going to grow. I'm going to get better.
2: Yeah. And I'd say like, okay, so companies are going to ask you these questions. Like, where do you want to be in five years? We know that. Ask, turn it back on them what are you going to do to invest in my growth? Understand what their internal mobility, that's what I was just about
1: to say. We had a comment
0: here that says, asking about internal mobility department or something like that might be a good idea. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Ask about their internal mobility philosophies. Ask about their professional development and mentorship programs. Ask how you can bring your whole authentic self to work and use that. Not just to better your skills, but become more impactful at the company.
0: Because you'd rather what you... find the perfect role that you can stay in for the next year to have career growth than have to search for another job in mm-hmm. three months and do the same thing over again. Yeah. So it's yeah. important to, to pick up on, you know, is this a good fit for me yeah. and for them? Totally. I'm great. just going to walk
1: in and go, what have you done for me lately? And I'm going <laughs> to play some Janet Jackson and it's going to be great.
0: I think that's a perfect plan. I love it. I really uh, feel
2: like we should work.
1: Next bot, this. Janet Jackson bot.
0: Ooh, yes, coming soon to Azure Logic Apps. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? That's um, right. We have a couple extra minutes. I want to make sure we have ample time to address theme parks. Kim. Yes, yes
2: this is important. very important.
0: You never joined us on the show before, y'all. We always end up talking about theme parks in some capacity. Kim, you mentioned you had worked at a theme park. I think an important question we got to ask is favorite theme park, favorite ride, first of all?
2: <laughs> That's a tough one. There's so, okay, so I was really spoiled going to college for hospitality management. My campus was directly between SeaWorld Orlando and Universal Studios Orlando, it was like a mile each way. Uh, and I was super, super fortunate to do a lot of roller coaster testing. Um, <laughs>
1: Oh, that's when Kraken was opening it's, at SeaWorld.
2: That's when Manta was opening at SeaWorld. Wow. My
1: oh, my. <laughs> and, is that...
2: So I really love Manta, and I really love the Hulk. I like those, like, they each offer something different in a roller coaster. You know, the Hulk kind of, like, shoots you, which is awesome. And Manta's, like, Superman, you're on your... your
1: oh, you're, schedule. like... You're like laying like this.
2: But I also really love Cheetah Chase at Bush Gardens. It's <laughs> it's too hard of a question. There is no right answer. I
0: didn't take you for a roller coaster queen, Kim, but I love knowing this
2: about you. Anytime I'm in <laughs> I'm going to yell. I'm going to throw my hands up. I'm going to yell. <laughs> we're going to get the picture. You know that silly pic. We're going to get it. Gonna get <laughs> it. Yeah. I, I love roller coasters. They're so fun. I love theme parks in general. I'm a sucker.
1: Yes. I'm a thriller.
0: Yes. I Any roller coaster tycoon? You play any of that? Growing up? I
1: no, never
2: oh. did. I didn't oh, really okay. have a computer growing up. <laughs> Now's, it, the, time. Now games.
0: Now's the time. I'm so excited that we can introduce you to Roller Coaster Tycoon. Seems like this a lot of a privilege.
2: Get, get your capitalism out of my roller coaster.
0: <laughs> 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 we, to Twitch. we teach Kim how to play Roller Coaster Tycoon. That's there right. It is. There it is. Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, before we wrap things up, I know that we shared a couple resources on the show, which we'll link in in the show notes. Um, I'll probably get that up today or tomorrow for folks who are watching this back. But where should people find you on the interwebs? Where can they, uh, should they connect with you, perhaps, on LinkedIn?
2: Yeah, I mean, my interwebs presence is, uh, could use could use some boosts. Uh, put that on my growth to-do list. <laughs> um, yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. That's where you'll find uh, me mostly. Um, I try and be pretty engaging on LinkedIn. I, I will I feel pressure to do it. But I'll say it now. I'll be more engaging on LinkedIn uh, with connection requests from the show. Uh, but yeah, that's the best place to find me. Um, and if you're interested, check out uh, novapbc.com. I do feel like I should give a shout out to my employer. is uh, great. Uh, we do have some open roles. Um, if you are interested in helping government work better for the citizens who need it, come check us out.
0: So in the last couple of minutes that we have on the show, Kim, give us your top. We have PJ here on the show. He's getting ready to start his interviewing journey as a uh, self-taught person in tech. Give us your top three tips for PJ. And any, we have a bunch of folks in the chat as well here who are saying they're getting ready to start interviewing. They're you know self-taught or they're coming in here from a boot camp or university. Give us your three tips on how to be successful.
2: Reach out to recruiters at companies you're interested in with that kind, curious, and personalized message. Um, before you apply to a job posting, review the job description, look at those keywords, and try and mimic them in your resume. Uh, your resume, that is, you know, talks about your accomplishments and your successes. Try and match that to the job description. And I, I, I know this is old advice. Send thank you notes. Just send a thank you note after an interview. Um, it's I feel like that's really old advice. I think I've heard it a lot. But uh, it's really rare that I get a, a kind follow-up email. And it's just... Interviewing is about human connection. Yes, it's about skill evaluation. Yes, it's about finding the right role that's right for you at the right time. But it's also about connection. So even if this role doesn't work out today, maybe that person can help connect you in the future. So foster those relationships.
0: Sounds like confidence is really key here. Like a healthy amount of admitting your strengths and weaknesses, but also Owning that and being confident.
2: Confidence earnest. and curiosity. Yeah, earnest confidence and earnest curiosity. You can't ask for much more. Earnest,
1: earnest is my favorite word.
0: Of being earnest in a tech interview. I feel like that's a talk for you, PJ.
1: I actually uh, am designing a talk about earnestness and authenticity and why it's the most important thing you can do.
0: We love we love, we'll, we'll help with the title. I feel like there's an important, important. There's heard an heard.
1: acronym somewhere we can do. I mean, that's the thing. It's gotta we'll be literary. Job, type, right. you know? we'll, that's we'll, right.
0: well, Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show today. That is the end of the show, but uh, I'm sure that we'll have you back real soon. And uh, Brandon, not PJ. It's been great to have you back as usual. <laughs>
1: That's great. Uh, It's me. I'm Brandon. Here's a mug with my name on it.
0: Uh. (laughs) But until next week, y'all, we will see you on 8-Bits. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.